We're back. This is MLEX's weekly podcast on regulatory affairs. My name is James Paniki. I'm from MLEX's Asia-Pacific team. Thank you for joining us today. Now, even if you're not a gamer, you'd be familiar with the online sensation Fortnite. You may also be aware that the company behind Fortnite, Epic Games, has picked a fight with two significant Silicon Valley players, Apple and Google. Epic's lawsuit against Apple centres on the tech giant's App Store. It suggests that technical and contractual restrictions that prevent other forms of app distribution from being available to users with an Apple device amount to the company exercising and abusing its monopoly power. In fact, Epic argues that Apple has built a monopoly in one market and used it to enforce a monopoly in a second one. It's dramatic stuff, and of course it ticks all of MLEX's editorial boxes. The lawsuits also align with complaints made to the European Commission by audio streaming company Spotify. In just a few minutes, we'll look at how this issue is reverberating in Asia. We'll take a look at recent developments in South Korea. First, though, we're joined by Mike Acton, a senior correspondent who covers tech issues for MLEX, and he joins me now. Okay, so Mike, walk me through this idea firstly. A monopoly within a monopoly, what is the argument there? Well, if we take a sort of broader sort of look at what, what Apple is, it's, it's the first publicly traded US firm to be valued at $2 trillion. And in terms of the smartphone market, Apple hovers around a sort of 45% share uh, in the US. That's around 100 million users. So in essence, the, the, the core monopoly, the, the initial monopoly, monopoly here um, that's alleged is, but it seems pre- fairly self-evident, is the huge number of users that are locked into Apple's devices that run on the iOS operating system. So if you're an app developer and you want to reach those 100 million users, you need to go through Apple's App Store. There is no alternative way of downloading an app on Apple's devices without using its App Store. So that's the first sort of pillar of the of the monopoly accusation here. And then the secondary one is once you are on the App Store, if you are selling through your app any sort of digital goods, so Apple makes a distinction between physical and digital goods. So companies like Uber and Airbnb, where you're purchasing a, a ride, a taxi ride, or you're getting a hotel, a, a room in a in a house, they don't charge uh, any sort of fee on transactions through the, through through those services. But if you're providing any sort of if you're providing any sort of digital services, then Apple requires you to use its in-app payment system as a user. And whenever you go on, in this case, since Epic has brought a case against Apple, if, if you go on Fortnite through an Apple device and you purchase whatever it is, a virtual hat, whatever, Apple will take a 30% cut of that. And so that's the, that's the element that the, the Epic in particular, but also Spotify, which obviously provides streaming services, are claiming is essentially monopoly rent that they're charging far too much this this notorious 30 percent fee they say is excessive and unfair so what changes do epic and spotify want what are their demands so in terms of their business models they have slightly different gripes with apple but the in, in epic's case and in spotify's case they want to remove this so-called monopoly on in-app payment systems they are both focused on this 30 percent commission fee 
which is not really essentially the issue at, at hand here. The the core point is about Apple being a gatekeeper in the digital economy. That is, it's a it's a company that is so structurally important to app developers that they simply can't do without it. And so, not only can Apple charge these fees, but it can also, in Spotify's case, launch its own streaming music streaming service, Apple Apple Music, uh, and through that have an unfair advantage on Spotify. And this is why Spotify. A complaint to the European Commission earlier this year. It's been something that's an ongoing dispute with them is if Apple is charging a 30% commission fee on people subscribing to Spotify's premium services through their Apple devices, and then Apple launches a rival service to Spotify, which is not subject to that 30% fee, then it's obviously got a pricing advantage because they can charge lower prices or Spotify has to push its own prices lower. So in terms of what they specifically want, in Epic's case, They're being very explicit that they don't want monetary compensation. What they want to do is essentially break open your iPhone, crack open the app store, create a situation where there are multiple means of downloading apps through your iPhone and not just through the app store. And then secondary to that, the removing this obligation that you use Apple's own in-app payment services system, which is what carries this 30% commission fee. So a rival competing payment services firm could potentially be used on Apple's devices and charge lower fees. So the the theory being that that 30% fee would have to drop because of the competitive constraints on Apple within its own phones. Now, we can assume that this kind of a solution wouldn't be acceptable to Apple, but what does the company say in its defence? Well, first of all, it points out that this, as I mentioned earlier, this this charges only on so-called digital goods. It makes this distinction between digital and physical goods. And it also points out consistently that it's only around 16% of 16% of all apps on the App Store that are facing this 30% commission fee. So in essence, they're saying it doesn't affect everyone. Also, that they, they make an argument for security of the in-app payment system, and they say that it's needed for uh, to ensure that users are safe, that they don't have, uh, they don't expose themselves to fraud. Uh, and they also, the, the, the sort of, underpinning this all is this idea of free riding. They're saying that these companies, if they want to distribute through the App Store, then it's only fair that Apple takes a cut of that. And in Epic's case, it points to the other uh, platforms that distribute video games. Uh, So that can be through the Google, Google Play Store or on PC gaming platforms like Steam or PlayStation or Xbox, all of which it, it is, it's true, actually charge roughly the same commission fee on distributing games. So it's pointing to them and saying, how on earth can this fee be excessive if, if we are not charging any higher than other video game distribution platforms? And so in other words, if it were a monopoly, they would be able to engage in price gouging instead of 30%, they could charge 50, 60, 70%. And the fact that they're not doing it indicates that this is not in fact the monopoly that those bringing the lawsuit are actually claiming it is. That's the argument. But I mean, in Epic's case, there's a certain inconsistency in Apple's argument, right? Because if the 30% fee is about for, for allowing Apple to maintain the upkeep and the, the, of the App Store itself, then the question is, well, why don't they charge every single app on the iPhone the same fee? The other point that, uh, that Epic makes is that if we then assume that this is actually 
the in-app payment system fee, the, the, the payment, the, the processing of the transaction, then you should compare it to things like PayPal. Now, what does PayPal charge for processing a transaction? It's around 2%. So there is a, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of questions up for debate here about exactly what that 30% fee is for and whether it's excessive. All right. Well, let's talk about what the US and EU regulators have been doing about this issue of, uh, of app stores recently. What's the latest there? Well, we've just in the US, we've just had the House Judiciary Committee, which has been investigating uh, Apple for uh, not just Apple, but all, all of the, uh, the, the so-called big four, so Apple, Google, uh, Amazon, and Facebook. They've just released uh, a 400-and-something page report which basically delves into all of these issues, and Apple is there front and center, and they point to this uh, question of the App Store monopoly. One of the more interesting points that's raised uh, in the report is this point uh, that they took evidence from an Apple employee who said that the uh, the cost of running the App Store per year is around $100 million, whereas Apple's net revenue from the App Store is projected at around $17.4 billion for 2020. So they're, they're looking into this. Uh, there's a question over whether there will be legislation following this. It's obviously we're in election season. This is something for the next Congress to look into. So on the political side, there's a lot of movement. Then on the on the enforcement side in the US, you have the Department of Justice, which has similarly been asking, reaching out to app developers and asking them for feedback and information on Apple's app store policies. That's sort of rumbling along in the background. Then in Europe, back in June, the European Commission launched uh, an investigation into Apple off the back of Spotify's complaint, but based on many other app uh, providers and developers uh, reaching out to the commission and saying they had concerns. So they've now launched a formal probe into, into Apple's app store. Uh, about this exact point. So that's continuing. But then at the same time, the European Commission is coming up with sort of hard legislation uh, under the Digital Services Act, which would, if it's brought into force, create a blacklist for so-called digital gatekeepers, so Apple being preeminent among them, which would prevent them from certain forms of behaviour, such as appears to be being exhibited uh, in this App Store case. Look, Mike, uh, finally, in just a few words, I mentioned in the introduction that Epic has filed a lawsuit against Google as well over its Android app store. What's the state of play with that court action? Well, it's very early days. It was obviously filed just after the dispute with Apple. It was essentially it's exactly the same dispute where Epic attempted to introduce its own payment system and Google removed Fortnite from the from the store. So we're in very early stages of the litigation. And obviously, Amlex will be covering it closely. Mike, thank you so much for your uh, coverage of this complex issue. Let's talk again very soon. Thank you. Mike Acton is a member of MLEX's digital team covering competition and data protection around the globe and will post some links to the work that Mike has done recently alongside our chief global digital risk correspondent, Mike Swift, on the Apple and Google legal challenges brought by Epic. Those reports will be at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. And for our subscribers, we've split the Apple and Google lawsuits into two separate case files. For both of those lawsuits, you'll be able to find a timeline and a link to all of our reporting. And still to come on today's podcast, Google's in-app demands in South Korea attract the attention of the country's regulators. (laughs) 
You're listening to MLEX's weekly podcast covering regulatory affairs. My name is James Paniki. Thank you for making it this far. It's time now to move across the Pacific to South Korea, where Google has found itself on the receiving end of concerns from the country's communications regulator over its requirement that app developers use a single payment system, namely the Google Play billing system. Our correspondent in Seoul, Wu Yong Lee, has been a few steps ahead of the story at every turn, first reporting on disquiet ahead of changes to Google's in-app policy, and then on the effect of Google's announcement of policy changes, and finally the regulatory backlash, which now appears to be gaining momentum. Wu Yong has been listening in to what Mike Acton had to say, and she joins us now from Seoul. Um, okay, Wu Yong, firstly, how did the controversy over the in-app payment policies by Apple and Google begin in South Korea? What was the starting point? Uh, yes, Apple and Google's in-app payment system has been a hot potato issue in South Korea, in South Korea's startup and tech industry for some for a couple months. So starting this summer, um, South Korean companies started to express disagreement with the 30% commission rate that Apple and Google take from in-app sales on their app stores. Um, What actually triggered the disagreement and complaint was Google's informal email to South Korean companies to notify of an upcoming change to their in-app payment policy. So after these emails were sent, um, they obviously angered most of South Korean app companies, uh, mainly those that sell digital content such as digital comics and music streaming services. They were not happy with Google's plan to require app developers to only use their billing st- system, which will take standard 30% commission from every in-app sales on Google Play Store. So even before Google made their policy official, uh, South Korean companies acted quickly to block the policy and express their discontent with Google's plan. Um, So a group of South Korean startups and tech companies are preparing class action complaints to the competition regulator. So currently, um, a local class action platform called Angry People is gathering (laughs) participants to file a single class complaint to the Korea Fair Trade Commission. So this class complaint targets both Apple and Google because they argue that the two tech giants take 30% commission from in-app purchases. And although the whole in-app payment controversy is triggered by Google, they think that there's a problem with Apple and Google both requiring uh, app developers to only use their in-app payment system just to take such a large percentage of commission from in-app sales. And on this front, it is sounding uh, very reminiscent of what uh, Mike was talking about uh, just now. But there's been a, a recent development in this saga in the sense that Google has agreed to change its in-app policy. Tell me something about the changes that it's putting forward. Right. Google announced last week that it will change its payment policy to um, to require all apps that sell digital content or services to use, uh, use their universal billing system. 
Um, this is uh, Google's global policy change, and they say it will come into force in January next year. Uh, so that will affect all app developers globally. Um, and Google is giving an extended period until September next year for those who, de- who need to make technical adjustments to comply with the new policy. Um, the Google's claim is that uh, this won't affect majority of app developers because mostly they don't sell digital services or subscriptions on their apps. And they say only 2% or less of those will be affected by this change. And they explain that this won't affect the way consumers use payment methods. Uh, So they can still pay for in-app purchases using PayPal, credit cards, or KakaoPay uh, in, in South Korean's case. But industry experts, their take on the Google's policy change is that uh, the Google's change um, to their payment policy is to track every in-app purchases made on Google Play Store more clearly. And by doing so, they will be able to track every in-app purchases if every app developer is, is processing payment using a single payment system. Uh, so Google will definitely have a clear picture of global in-app sales made on their Play Store. Okay, so this is the state of play in terms of uh, app stores in South Korea. What has the response by South Korean regulators been over this issue? So after this series of complaints from local startups and companies, the Korea Communications Commission, uh, which is a communications regulator, they started to look into the issue to see whether the requirement for app developers to only use a single billing system is illegal under the South Korean law. And the competition regulator, the Korea Fair Trade Commission, is also looking into this issue as well, in addition to uh, two ongoing probe on Google's suspected abuse of dominance in the Android mobile operating system and another one that currently looks into whether Google forced local game developers to exclusively launch their apps on Google Play Store. Uh, in addition to that, to assist these two regulators with enforcement power, the ICT ministry is conducting a survey to learn how much Korean companies pay for commissions for in-app payment transactions. And if there's an increase in the commission rate, what impact it will have on them. So the ministry sent questionnaires to um, some hundreds of South Korean app developers, including the major ones, Naver and Kakao, and also digital comics and music streaming services. So right now, the regulators are reviewing whether the in-app payment policy that uh, requires app developers to only use a single payment system is illegal under the South Korean South Korea's Telecommunications Act, and we will be able to see more findings if they when they carry on their investigations.
Yes. Now, all of this amounts to um, substantial enforcement activity, or at least the potential of substantial enforcement activity in South Korea. There's also uh, the interest of uh, lawmakers. The National Assembly is taking an interest in this. What is likely to be the outcome there? South Korean lawmakers, they acted really quickly to respond the complaints raised by local companies. Um, it's It's a very attractive issue for them because this issue creates this framework where local startups and tech companies fighting against the world's largest uh, tech company, Google. So uh, a number of legislations have been proposed to to ban this in-app payment policy. A lawmaker from the major opposition party proposed a bill that would define Apple and Google's practice of having their own in-app payment system as the only accepted payment uh, should be prohibited under the South Korean law. And another bill was proposed by a ruling party member recently, and she wants to give the authority to the KCC to investigate problematic conduct by app market operators. But um, it remains to be seen whether these legislations will actually make it into the final passage. And we will see how that goes. Wu Yong, thank you so much for your work on this story and thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you, James. Wu Yong Lee is an MLEX correspondent covering regulatory developments in South Korea and she was joining us from Seoul. And we'll post a link to Wu Yong's recent analysis of Google's in-app policies in the country at our webpage along with a fine piece of analysis from our Asian team on the regional regulatory response to concerns over app stores with a look at South Korea, Japan and Australia. You'll find it at mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the Insight Centre tab for our latest articles and podcasts. And of course, subscribers will have access to Wu Yong's full case file on this issue, which takes you through the twists and the turns of this case. And that's all we have time for today. If you've got something out of this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe to MLEX Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. And if you leave a review and help spread the word, we'll be forever grateful. On next week's podcast, we'll take a look at how the European Union's privacy law, the GDPR, is making its presence felt around the world. We'll see how Canada's provinces are gearing up to meet EU standards, and we'll discuss what privacy regulation lies in store for post-Brexit UK. I hope you can join us when we appear in your feed next Friday. From Melbourne, Australia, I'm James Paniki, Asia-Pacific Senior Editor here at MNEX. Bye for now. Bye for now.